Hi there. Uh, welcome to the Suffolk Money Podcast. I'm Colin Lowe. I'm part of the team that puts the podcast together. And in addition, I run an independent financial advice firm, Chartered Financial Planners, Kingsfleet Wealth. Um, we thought we'd do something a bit different today. So there's no introduction music because you're just going to hear me. And uh, all we're just going to do is refer back to last week's budget and just try and explain some of those things and some of those changes to you that have arisen over the last week. 10 days, two weeks or so. Um, So in addition to the audio for this podcast, there should be an attachment available to you if you follow the links to the podcast homepage, which is the Kingsfleet Wealth Autumn Budget 2021 Overview. Um, So I'm just going to pick up some key things from that document. Uh, If you haven't got the document, don't worry. Hopefully I can make some sense of it to you. And it's really just to highlight some key issues. So the first thing is uh, there's quite a lot of money being spent still. Uh, Obviously, furlough has come to an end, so that was a huge additional cost to the government. We'll come back to debt and so on in a little while. But there is additional money being spent on local transport, particularly in regional areas, uh, conurbations predominantly. Um, More money going to the NHS, which has been flagged for several months now, but more money going to the NHS specifically to cover backlog for tests and scans, more money going into education. So all of those things that we would want, I'm sure, all to be seeing. There's also been an improvement in the terms on universal credit. So for any individual who is in universal, who is receiving universal credit, they are now able to earn more and keep more um, of, of of the funds that they receive whilst working. Essentially, the economic background is in, in the government's terms, very favourable. They feel that there's been significant bounce back in the economy and it's progressed much better than perhaps anyone could have expected looking back 12 or 18 months. Um, and with that in mind, um, one of the key issues is unemployment, which instead of being forecast to peak at 12%, which you'll see on page five of our document, has actually peaked at a, or is believed to have peaked a maximum level of 5.2%. And in fact, one of the big issues that we have in the economy right now is certain areas and um, aspects of the economy where we are seeing significant vacancies. Um, this creates all sorts of issues because then do does wages need to increase to recruit more people in into those sectors? Um, And if so, then there's inflationary issues as a result. And inflation is something we're going to keep referring to as we go through this uh, document. So, yes, um, moving on uh, to page seven, personal taxation allowances. Um, There's a bit of a summary there just confirming the detail behind this universal credit change and the amendment there. Um, Moving on to page eight, um, there's this uh, change in national insurance levels and dividend taxation, which is an increase of 1.25% applicable to all who receive dividends uh, or anyone who is employed and therefore pays national insurance. This was, for some reason, um, put out before the summer recess of Parliament and voted on in only a matter of a few days. Um, So unlike the rest of the budget, which uh, normally Parliament has several weeks to examine, understand and then vote on, this all came out as a totally separate issue, which is quite unusual because normally tax 
and national insurance issues are all combined within the budget. So bearing in mind, we had one budget um, earlier on in the year, I think it was March, uh, and then this one that's been just uh, issued in the last couple of weeks uh, to then squeeze out this other tax raising power very rapidly is quite unusual. Anyway, moving on, uh, number nine, pensions and savings, no major updates, no changes. So just some key things that we always want to remind people about when you're then talking about pensions and savings. First of all, ISAs, tax-free growth and income from ISAs, tax-free. Um, so that applies to whether it's on a deposit account or whether it's invested, and it can be invested in various risk styles. So from cautious investment arrangements through to highly speculative. And again, that will depend on an individual's um, suitability. But ISAs, £20,000, well worth if you have savings, considering making use of those. Junior ISAs, slightly less, £9,000. Um, and the other issue is pension. So there will be a few people who are listening to this who are still um, contributing or part or members of defined benefit pension schemes. So this bit doesn't really apply to you. And also, if you're receiving a pension uh, income, this isn't talking to you specifically, but if you're accumulating, in other words, still in work or self-employed, you are able to contribute up to £40,000 a year. Uh, it, that's a tax year um, into personal pension arrangements. And what's more, if you haven't done that in previous years and you have the funds available, you can what's, do a thing called carry forward unused allowance as well. Uh, now, just to clarify the limits there, so it's um, your... The, the, the maximum level is £40,000, or if it's lower, the, the level of your annual earned income. And again, the key thing with pensions is it always relates to earned income, um, not uh, passive income, you know, from rent or um, investments. It must be earned income. On the subject of that, uh, rental income, for some reason, is not liable for this additional 1.25% that we've been talking about. So um, I I'm scratching my head, still don't understand why. Uh, moving on from there, um, there's still uh, no change to the, or there is no change to the lifetime allowance uh, figure for pensions. So that is going to be frozen for the foreseeable future. So really when it comes to personal arrangements, those are the key issues. So there are then some other issues for businesses, and I don't want to go into detail because there's quite a lot of information there, but again, you'll find that in our brochure, in our um, summary leaflet. And um, the, one of the key things is really about um, uh, business rates uh, and how that can possibly be used. So uh, business rates are you know, seeming to be constantly under review. We've seen the huge uh, reduction in services offered on our high streets predominantly um, uh, and obviously much of that is because all of us I'm sure um, buy more online so um, that's one of the issues that really has to be addressed now from what I read from Chambers of Commerce Suffolk Chamber for example they just don't feel that goes far enough um, it's not an area I'm an expert in but um, it is a concern really, isn't it? That, um, that's something that we have benefited from. But I suppose if, if you uh, don't 
use it, then you lose it. So I think probably we all have a degree of responsibility on that to ensure we support the local shops and retail outlets um, if we want to see them open in the future. Fuel duty rises have also been cancelled. And then there's also a really bizarre um, two things that I just want to touch on as we close. So the first thing is alcohol duties. I just don't understand why these have been reduced at all. Again, one of the key things you learn in economics is that governments tax things that they want to just discourage people from overindulging in. So one of the obvious ones is tobacco. Um, that's been taxed significantly because of the harm uh, done uh, to individuals there. Um, gambling has always had a level of taxation applied to it. Um, uh, not to winnings, interestingly enough, but certainly to uh, gambling itself, uh, a levy. Um, uh, and alcohol has always had some form of tax applied. Well, it has for a couple of hundred years, as far as I understand. So there's a, effectively a reduction on some aspects there, which again, um, I think just with the pressure on the NHS, the issues that we sometimes see at weekends, I'm just surprised. I really am surprised that that's um, arisen. I recognise that it's only a result of a minority of people, but it does still strike me as being slightly odd that um, that taxation is being reduced on various forms of alcohol. And the other thing that as we're just in the COP26 uh, meetings going on at the moment, um, that I do find very odd is um, the reduction in passenger duties um, for internal flights within the UK. Now, as someone who uh, was born in Northern Ireland and has lived, has lived in Suffolk since he was three, I'm used to crossing the Irish Sea, and it's, that's very difficult to do by train. Uh, you, can, you can get to Stranra, uh, and then you can take a train from Land uh, down into Belfast and so on, but actually um, flying does make some sense. But really, from a sort of Norwich to Manchester or Norwich to Exeter or something, uh, I would have thought that they would be looking to discourage that with um, the pressure on reducing carbon emissions. So that does seem incredibly odd, um, but maybe it's just it's a bit of a blunt uh, tool that uh, can't be that specific. So um, I guess that's something that other experts need to work on. So what are the big issues? What are the things that uh, we need to uh, just be mindful of, uh, just in closing? So I think the first thing is this is reliant on growth coming through the economy. And the, what could stifle growth is actually the rise of inflation. Because inflation goes up, interest rates go up. If interest rates go up, um, people spend less because they have other commitments to meet. Government is under pressure. Government spending reduces. The likelihood is the economy slows down, tax receipts fall. You get into all sorts of issues once interest rates have to be increased in order to counteract inflation of, of significant amounts. So that's one particular issue is what will happen with inflation. The other aspect is debt. Um, that you know we are servicing a massive amount of debt as a nation now. Now that debt was taken out over recent uh, months and years for a very good reason, and that was to you know ensure that people received an income if they were to lose their jobs, you know, the furlough schemes and so on. That was for very good reasons. Uh, but it is something that has to be serviced, and um, that's going to take a long time. So one of the 
uh, closing statements from the Chancellor was he was really trying to reassure markets by saying his focus was on bringing the economy back into balance of uh, getting to a point where actually taxes could fall and um, that that debt level would also be dropping. So he's trying to reassure the markets to say that this is an important issue for, for him and that at the moment we're still sort of just getting to the latter stages of the pandemic. Um, so that's where that stands. And the, the final thing really is just um, in, in regard to the NHS is the amount of spending that's going in is just absolutely eye-watering. Now, we have all been so grateful for the work of the NHS and its staff over these last two years in particular. And I'm sure many of us have stories that go back way further than that of individuals, loved ones who have benefited from the NHS. Um, but really the funds that continue to be poured into that and to support um, care, social care as well. You know, these are really huge amounts of money. So there will have to just be some way, I'm sure, of working through how we get best value from the funds that go in uh, for all of us, for all of our benefit. Um, because it is genuinely one of those situations, um, where a bit like the Renault 5 that I once had, that it doesn't matter how much you put into it, it's there's always something more that can be done. Um, so I think, you know, whilst we all want to keep the NHS as it is and keep things um, available to us, uh, I think politicians have some decisions to make as to um, how money is spent in there. So that's a quick summary of the budget. As I say, please do take a look at the accompanying document, the overview. Um, and next week, we'll be back to, in inverted commas, normal. Um, so you can hear an interview with another uh, local employer, uh, business person or charity. And uh, we'll keep you up to date with some of the exciting stories that are going on in and around Suffolk. If there's someone you know of who you feel we could interview and or a story that we could uh, take a look at them, please do come back to us. So I just want to say a very big thank you, as always, to the wonderful team who put this uh, podcast together, for Kevin and Sally Birch for all the great work that they do, and for Joy Day, who uh, just makes sure that everything is in the right place at the right time. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, do keep tuned in and follow us on your podcast provider of choice. And we hope to speak to you again very soon on the Suffolk Money Podcast. <laughs>